in a remote valley, separated from the rest of the world by impenetrable mountains and uncharted waters, lay a small town. This settlement was an enclave of humanity, a place where time seemed to slow down and where the modern world had only a minimal presence. Yet, it was a town gripped by a story as old as the hills that surrounded it, the legend of the forest of forgotten souls. This stretch of woodland was unlike any other, its trees were gnarled and twisted, as if carrying the weight of centuries on their branches. They stood like sentinels, forming an almost impenetrable wall of foliage and timber. Moss hung from the branches like shrouds, and the air was thick with an earthy scent that was neither pleasant nor wholly unpleasant, but unsettling in its intensity. Residents of the town never ventured into this part of the forest. Trails that led into other, more welcoming parts of the wilderness would suddenly turn unwelcoming as they neared this forsaken area. Birds would stop singing, and even the wind seemed to hesitate before passing through the twisted boughs. Over the years, there had been tales, whispers really, of people disappearing into the forest, never to return. Search parties that ventured in came back confused and disoriented, their compasses spinning wildly, their sense of direction lost. As a result, a kind of unspoken boundary was established. Maps of the local area conspicuously avoided marking the forest, as if ignoring its presence could negate its malevolent pull. The younger generation, armed with skepticism and bravado, would often speak of camping trips to unravel the forest's secrets. Yet, when the day arrived, excuses were made, plans were postponed, and life went on, leaving the forest of forgotten souls undisturbed in its sinister tranquility. So, the uneasy truce remained. The town continued its quiet existence, and the forest stood in eternal, brooding silence, waiting. It was as if both had accepted an unspoken pact. The forest would not encroach upon the town, and the townspeople would not venture into the labyrinth of trees to challenge the ancient, whispering darkness. Thus, when a wildlife photographer, new to the town and untouched by its collective caution, decided to step across that invisible boundary, the very fabric of the town's reality began to quiver, as if warning of an impending storm. And indeed, a storm was coming, but not of rain and wind. It would be a storm of realization, a shattering of illusions, and a confrontation with an entity far older and far more malevolent than anyone could imagine. The wildlife photographer, a man who had explored terrains from arid deserts to the frozen tundras, arrived in town with a thirst for discovery that no amount of cautionary folklore could quench. His equipment was state-of-the-art, a high-resolution DSLR camera, an assortment of lenses for various distances and lighting conditions, and a tripod for capturing those elusive moments when nature unveiled her secrets. He had a rugged backpack filled with survival essentials, food rations, a compact tent, a first aid kit, and navigational tools that had guided him through lesser-known wilderness around the world. Despite hearing the town's whispered warnings and witnessing the cautious glances exchanged by the townspeople, he was undeterred. For him, the forest of forgotten souls presented a challenge too enticing to ignore, a puzzle begging to be solved. In his eyes, every twisted tree was a monument to history, and every shadow held the promise of a photograph that could capture the essence of this mysterious land. His intent was not to debunk the legend but to capture the enigmatic aura that surrounded it. 
On the morning of his expedition, the air was crisp with the scent of pine and dew-covered grass. He dressed in his outdoor gear, moisture-wicking layers, sturdy hiking boots designed for challenging terrains, and a hat to shield him from the intermittent rays of sunlight that penetrated the forest canopy. His camera was carefully wrapped and secured, lenses meticulously cleaned and ready for action. With an optimistic smile, he stepped across the town's invisible boundary and ventured into the forest, dismissing the chill that washed over him as a mere trick of the wind. The forest welcomed him with a deceptive serenity. Birds serenaded from the treetops, and the sunlight filtered through the leaves, casting dappled patterns on the ground. He clicked away, captivated by the beauty that belied the forest's dark reputation. Yet, as he ventured deeper, he noticed that his GPS began to falter, its arrow flickering aimlessly. Unperturbed, he thought of it as a minor glitch. After all, he was an experienced explorer, confident in his ability to navigate using natural landmarks and the position of the sun. As he moved further, the air grew denser, the sounds of the forest less cheerful. When he reached an area where the trees were noticeably more twisted, their bark scarred and gnarled, he felt a rush of excitement. This was what he had come for, the heart of the legend itself. It was the perfect setting for dramatic photographs that could tell a story, a story of a forest suspended between reality and myth, a place that could be as haunting as it was beautiful. Unaware of the subtle shifts in the world around him, he pressed on, his camera shutter clicking almost incessantly, each photograph a testament to his growing fascination and a clue to the unfolding enigma. But as he went deeper, the trees closed in around him, and the sunlight dimmed, almost as if the forest were preparing to show him its true face. What he didn't realize was that this face was not one that took kindly to being captured in photographs. Thus, what started as an expedition to capture the essence of a legend began to transform into something much more unsettling, leading him into an intricate dance with a presence that was as ancient as it was malevolent. And in that foreboding theater of twisted wood and shifting shadows, the real story was about to unfold. By now, the photographer had ventured far enough into the forest of forgotten souls that the sounds of civilization were a distant memory, replaced by the rhythmic rustle of leaves and the occasional snapping of twigs underfoot. The air was thick with moisture and the musky aroma of decomposing foliage. He felt as though he had crossed an unseen threshold into the forest's inner sanctum, where the veil between the natural and the supernatural was at its thinnest. His intuition as an artist was in overdrive. Each frame he captured seemed to reveal a new layer of complexity to the forest. From the way the moss seemed to cling a little too tightly to the trees, to the tendrils of fog that meandered through the landscape as if guided by an unseen hand, everything contributed to an overwhelming sense of otherworldliness. Then came the moment when he realized something was amiss. Pausing to switch lenses to better capture the haunting beauty of a spiderweb adorned with morning dew, he felt an unsettling sensation crawl up his spine. The forest had gone eerily silent. The air felt charged, as if awaiting a spark to ignite it. The photographer looked up from his camera bag and surveyed the path he'd been following. It was subtly, yet unmistakably, different. Trees that had stood apart, providing glimpses of the world beyond the forest, now seemed closer together. The twisted branches appeared more entangled, 
almost as if they were forming a natural barricade. Puzzled, he reviewed the photos on his camera, comparing them to his current surroundings. A sinking feeling settled in his gut. The path he'd captured in his earlier photos was no longer the path he saw before him. The forest had changed, realigned itself in the few moments he had looked away. For the first time, he felt a hint of genuine fear. What if the legends were not mere stories? What if the forest of forgotten souls had a consciousness, a will of its own? Pushing down the anxiety, he reminded himself that he was an explorer, a seeker of truth in places others feared to tread. However, as he looked around, another disturbing realization settled in. The natural landmarks he'd been using for navigation had also shifted. The uniquely shaped boulder, the fallen tree that resembled a resting dragon, the small creek that had gurgled cheerfully, all were either altered or gone. Even the sun seemed to be playing tricks on him, its position no longer corresponding to the time he estimated it should be. His hands trembled as he attached the new lens to his camera, telling himself that he was just disoriented, that the shadows cast by the ancient trees were messing with his perception. Yet, deep down, he knew something far more unsettling was at play. As he took a deep breath to calm his racing heart and resumed his trek into the forest's depths, he couldn't shake off the notion that he was no longer just an observer. The forest had taken notice of him, and what would follow was beyond the realm of any photography or folklore. He was now a part of the forest's ancient, unfathomable narrative, and escape was becoming a concept as elusive as the shadows that danced around him. Summoning all his courage, the photographer tried to retrace his steps, mentally mapping out the route he had taken based on his earlier observations. But the forest was no longer a static backdrop to his adventure, it was an evolving labyrinth that seemed to thwart his every move. The more he tried to navigate back to familiar ground, the more disorienting the terrain became. Paths that should have led him back to his starting point circled him deeper into the heart of the forest. Trees that looked distinct and recognizable from a distance morphed into indistinguishable, gnarled masses upon closer approach. Even his footprints, which he had hoped to use as a last resort for navigation, seemed to vanish into the ground, swallowed by the earth as if they had never existed. Realizing the futility of conventional navigation, the photographer turned to his other senses. He strained his ears for any sounds that might guide him, perhaps the distant hum of a car engine or the rustle of animals scampering away. But all he heard was an eerie quiet that seemed almost calculated in its intensity, as if the forest was listening intently to his every breath. He even tried to smell his way out, hoping that the scent of flowers or the tang of fresh water might lead him back to the world he knew. But the forest's aroma had also changed. What had initially been an earthy smell now carried undertones of something more acrid, a scent that teetered on the edge of familiarity but was impossible to place. In this surreal environment, his camera became more of a burden than a tool. Every time he raised it to his eye, hoping to capture what he was experiencing, the viewfinder showed him scenes that made no logical sense, twisted reflections, impossible angles, and disturbing vistas that seemed to taunt him with their irrationality. Frustration and fear battled within him as he felt his grip on reality slipping away. Time itself seemed distorted, stretching and compressing in disorienting cycles. He couldn't tell how long he had been wandering, 
Had it been hours? Or had days already passed in this impossible maze? Finally, out of desperation, he decided to break one of the cardinal rules of wilderness survival. He left the path, such as it was, and began forging his way directly through the underbrush. Brambles tugged at his clothing, and low-hanging branches seemed to reach out, as if trying to pull him back into the heart of the forest. But he pressed on, driven by a newfound determination. He couldn't shake the feeling that the forest was testing him, challenging his will to survive. And so, in a final bid to reclaim his sense of agency, he pushed through the wall of foliage before him, hoping to emerge into a clearing or stumble upon a road. However, what he found was neither an escape nor a reprieve but the entrance to a darker, more secluded part of the forest, a grove of trees so ancient and twisted that they seemed to belong to another world entirely. As he stepped into this hidden enclave, the air grew thick and heavy, as if he had walked into the lair of some malevolent being. The photographer suddenly realized that he had not outwitted the forest of forgotten souls. Instead, he had been led deeper into its maze, guided by invisible hands to the heart of its ancient, malevolent mystery. What he had considered a struggle for survival was, in fact, part of a larger, darker design. And as he stood there, engulfed in an overwhelming sense of dread, it became painfully clear that the forest's design was not yet complete. In the ancient grove, the air was so thick it felt almost viscous, like wading through a liquid void. The trees here were unlike any he had seen before. Their bark was an unsettling shade of dark grey, almost black, and their branches twisted into shapes that evoked grotesque sculptures. Lichen and moss clung to the trunks in a way that suggested organic symbiosis rather than mere growth. The canopy above was so dense it swallowed the sky, plunging the grove into perpetual twilight. As the photographer looked around, he noticed that the trees seemed to form a rough circle, as if marking the boundary of some arcane ritual space. At the center of the circle stood a particularly gnarled tree, its limbs stretching out like the arms of a multi-headed deity. Its roots seemed to break the surface of the earth and dive back in, creating the impression that it was either trying to free itself or pull something down into the soil. The oppressive atmosphere had a weight that seemed to stifle his thoughts and press down on him physically. Each step felt like a monumental effort as he made his way toward the center of the grove, drawn by a morbid curiosity that overrode his survival instincts. Even his fear seemed muted, as if suppressed by the overwhelming aura of the place. As he approached the central tree, he sensed a palpable shift. It was as though the entire forest had been holding its breath and had now exhaled, filling the air with an energy that was both electrifying and deeply unsettling. In that moment, the trees seemed to come alive. The bark appeared to pulse as if in rhythm with some subterranean heartbeat. The branches quivered, not from any wind. He would have welcomed the naturalness of that, but as if animated by a will of their own. And then he understood. The forest of forgotten souls was not simply a place. It was an entity, a living organism on a scale he could scarcely comprehend. It had been dormant, or perhaps simply uninterested, until his intrusion. Now it had awakened, and he had become the focus of its malevolent attention. The photographer felt an indescribable pull coming from the ancient tree at the center of the grove. Compelled, 
He set his camera on the ground and approached, his hands inexplicably reaching out to touch its gnarled surface. The moment his skin made contact with the bark, a flood of images and emotions overwhelmed him. Glimpses of faces twisted in fear, snatches of distant lullabies, flashes of rites and rituals lost to time. It was as though the forest was sharing its memories with him, memories that spanned millennia. He saw himself as a small, almost insignificant part of a dark tapestry woven from countless souls who had entered the forest and never left. And in that overwhelming rush of sensation, he finally grasped the horrifying truth. The forest fed on souls, and it was drawing him in, preparing to weave him into its eternal narrative. The revelations broke him out of his trance, and he pulled his hand away as if he had touched a live flame. He staggered back, his breath coming in shallow gasps, his mind racing to process what he had just experienced. For the first time since entering the forest, he felt a glimmer of clarity. He had to leave, immediately, but as he turned to retrace his steps, he realized that the forest had one more twist in its dark design. Snapping out of his paralysis, the photographer snatched up his camera bag and started to run. Every fiber of his being screamed for him to escape, to put as much distance as he could between himself and the malevolent heart of the forest. His feet pounded against the uneven ground, dodging roots that seemed to writhe like serpents, avoiding branches that swayed menacingly as if they intended to snatch him from his path. The forest responded to his flight with a macabre sort of alacrity. Trees seemed to shift, subtly yet purposefully, transforming his path into a winding, serpentine maze. The branches overhead closed in, making the already dim light grow even more scarce, plunging his path into near-total darkness. Yet, in this heightened state of adrenaline, his senses were hyper-alert. He navigated through the labyrinthine darkness more by instinct than by sight. Suddenly, the ground beneath him gave way, as if the earth itself had opened up to swallow him. He tumbled down a steep incline, crashing through a thicket of thorns and brambles that clawed at his clothes and skin. When he finally came to a halt, he found himself in a narrow ravine, its steep walls almost entirely closing him off from the sky above. Wasting no time, he scrambled to his feet. Ignoring the cuts and bruises that ached with each movement, he started to sprint again, following the ravine as it twisted and turned through the forest. The walls of the ravine seemed to close in, as if trying to squeeze him out of existence, but he pushed forward, refusing to let the forest claim him. He began to hear something in the distance, an ethereal, haunting melody that seemed to echo through the trees. It was both beautiful and unsettling, a siren song that tugged at the edges of his consciousness, tempting him to stop, to listen, to surrender. Shaking his head as if to physically cast aside the spell, he focused on the rhythmic pounding of his feet against the ground, using it as an anchor to hold onto his sense of self. Then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, the ravine opened up, spilling him into a broad clearing bathed in the pale, diffused light that managed to pierce the forest canopy. He skidded to a halt, his eyes scanning the clearing, desperately searching for an exit, a way out of this living nightmare. And that's when he saw it, a structure standing at the far end of the clearing, half hidden among the trees. It was an ancient, crumbling stone arch, overgrown with vines and moss, as if it had been standing there for centuries. 
For a moment, hope flickered within him. Could this be a portal, a gateway back to the world he knew? Summoning the last reserves of his strength, he sprinted towards the arch, each step fueled by a cocktail of adrenaline and desperation. As he approached, he felt a rising wave of energy emanating from the structure, as if the very air was charged with anticipation. Without a moment's hesitation, he dashed through the arch. And for a brief, disorienting second, he felt as if he was suspended in a void, caught between realities. Then, with a sensation like breaking through the surface of water, he found himself on the other side. He had done it. He had escaped the forest of forgotten souls. Or so he thought. On the other side of the ancient arch, the air felt different, lighter, somehow, as if relieved of the forest's oppressive weight. The photographer's senses tingled with renewed vitality. Before him lay a narrow path that led through a grove of trees, their branches adorned with delicate leaves that quivered in the breeze, a stark contrast to the nightmarish figures of the deeper forest. The sky was visible through the canopy, its blue clarity like a distant memory restored. In that moment, hope surged through him like a wave breaking on a long deserted shore. His lungs filled with the sweet scent of pine and wildflowers, so different from the acrid, haunting aromas of the inner forest. The path before him seemed inviting, almost welcoming, as if encouraging him to leave behind the dark maze from which he had emerged. He could even hear the distant, melodic rush of a stream, a natural symphony that seemed to wash away the eerie quiet of the forest's hidden core. Camera slung over his shoulder, he began to walk down the path, each step taking him further away from the dread and despair that had enveloped him. His muscles, tense and coiled for so long, began to relax, even as his mind replayed the horrifying moments that had led him here. He felt as if he had passed through some sort of trial, a test of will and courage, and emerged on the other side, battered but unbroken. As he continued to walk, the landscape around him became gradually more familiar, the types of trees, the texture of the soil, the quality of the light. It was as if he were traveling through a transitional zone, a buffer between the forest's malevolent heart and the outside world. The dread that had clung to him like a second skin began to peel away, replaced by a growing sense of triumph. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, the narrow path broadened and led him to the edge of the forest. Before him lay an open field, its grasses dancing in the wind, illuminated by the golden light of what he assumed was either dawn or dusk. He couldn't tell how much time had passed since he first entered the forest, but that no longer mattered. He had made it out. He was free. But even as he stepped into the open, reveling in his escape, he felt a prickling sensation at the back of his neck, as if being watched. Turning around for one last look at the forest, he noticed something that made his newfound hope waver. The ancient stone arch through which he had passed was nowhere to be seen. Instead, the forest edge looked innocuous, almost ordinary, its depths shrouded in shadow, as if hiding its secrets from the prying eyes of the world. A chill ran down his spine. Had he truly escaped, or had the forest simply released him, satisfied with the terror it had instilled? Shaking off the unsettling thought, he turned away from the forest and walked into the field, eager to put as much distance as possible between himself and the enigmatic expanse that had nearly consumed him. Yet, 
even as he moved further away, a part of him understood that he would never be entirely free of the forest of forgotten souls. It would linger in the corners of his mind, a dark puzzle whose pieces would never quite fit, a haunting melody heard in the depths of the night. But for now, that was a burden he was willing to bear. With renewed purpose, he headed towards the distant silhouette of buildings that hinted at civilization, blissfully unaware of the small, dark seed that had lodged itself in the folds of his clothing, a seed that had fallen from the branches of the ancient, malevolent tree at the heart of the forest. As the photographer moved across the open field, the distant silhouette of buildings grew clearer, offering the promise of human connection and a return to normalcy. But before he could reach the comforting boundaries of civilization, his eyes were drawn to an anomaly within the field, a stone structure half hidden among tall grasses and wildflowers. It was a shrine of some sort, weathered and covered in moss, yet exuding an air of quiet reverence. Curiosity overcoming caution, he approached the shrine. It was simple in its construction, a stone pedestal adorned with intricate carvings that seemed to depict various phases of the moon. At the center of these celestial designs was a shallow recess, empty but for the fragments of burnt offerings and dried flower petals. It was clear that the shrine had been used, perhaps for generations, as a place of ritual or worship. Though his recent experiences had made him wary, the shrine seemed benign, even peaceful. Here was a human-made artifact, a touchpoint to a world governed by customs and traditions rather than incomprehensible natural forces. The absence of menace in the shrine seemed to amplify the sense of safety and distance from the malevolent forest he had left behind. He felt compelled to pay his respects, to leave some mark of his passing. Searching through his camera bag, his fingers closed around a small trinket he had kept for good luck, a smooth river stone that he had picked up years ago during one of his travels. It seemed appropriate. He placed the stone carefully in the shallow recess of the shrine, and as he did so, he felt a subtle shift in the air, as if the landscape itself had acknowledged his gesture. Feeling an odd sense of closure, he stepped back from the shrine and turned to leave. But as he did, the carvings on the stone pedestal seemed to momentarily shimmer, their lunar designs glowing with an ephemeral light that faded as quickly as it appeared. Confused but choosing not to dwell on it, he resumed his journey, eager to leave behind all remnants and reminders of the forest's enigmatic realm. Unbeknownst to him, the stone he had placed at the shrine began to emit a faint glow, mirroring the phases of the moon carved into the pedestal. The ground around the shrine seemed to respond, the grasses and wildflowers bending subtly as if swayed by an invisible wind. Slowly, almost imperceptibly, the shrine sank into the earth, its stone surface blending seamlessly with the surrounding landscape, as if it had never existed. And somewhere, deep within the forest of forgotten souls, the ancient, malevolent tree at the heart of the labyrinth felt a tiny but palpable pang, as if it had lost something, a fragment, a morsel, a whisper of a soul. It quivered, its branches shaking off a dusting of dried leaves, before settling back into its ominous stillness, already focusing its malevolent energies on the next curious wanderer who would inevitably venture into its domain. As the photographer continued his trek through the field towards the distant buildings, he felt a sudden change in the atmosphere, as though the world itself had drawn a breath. The sky darkened slightly, 
and the breeze that had been playfully rustling the grasses around him grew still, as if holding its own anticipation. The field, so inviting just moments before, now seemed vast and endless, making the outline of civilization appear farther away than he had initially perceived. His heartbeat quickened, a residue of primal fear creeping back into the edges of his consciousness. A sense of urgency took hold of him, compelling him to quicken his pace. Though he told himself that he was now far removed from the treacherous maze of the forest, his instincts screamed otherwise. Something wasn't quite right, the world felt skewed, like a picture slightly misaligned with its frame. He glanced over his shoulder, half expecting to see the forest encroaching upon the field, but it remained where it was, distant, yet ominously ever-present. There were no looming trees or shifting landscapes, just the silent, hidden power of a place that refused to be forgotten. His eyes returned to the path ahead, focusing on the outlines of the buildings that seemed tantalizingly close yet frustratingly out of reach. That's when he noticed it, a low mist beginning to form along the ground, snaking its way through the tall grass and enveloping the area in a thin, gossamer veil. It rose gradually, like a slow exhalation, transforming the familiar into the ethereal. A memory surfaced, unbidden but crystal clear, a local myth he had heard in the town, a tale warning that the forest of forgotten souls could extend its reach, sending forth mists to reclaim those who had narrowly escaped its grasp. He had dismissed it then as mere folklore, a story to frighten children, but now, witnessing the ethereal mist weaving its way through the field, doubt crept in. Compelled by a mixture of fear and defiance, he pulled his camera from its bag and began to take pictures of the mist, the field, and the far-off tree line. If this was a final act of rebellion against an inexplicable power, he would capture it, frame it, make it tangible. As the shutter clicked, capturing the eerie beauty of the mist-laden field, a flicker of electricity coursed through the camera and into him, like a pulse of raw energy. The mist responded, swirling momentarily as if agitated, before resuming its creeping advance. The photographer felt it then, a rupture in the atmosphere, a thinning of the veil between what was real and what lay beyond comprehension. It was as if the act of capturing the scene had momentarily weakened the forest's grip, introducing a crack in an otherwise seamless facade. Feeling both unnerved and invigorated, he pocketed the camera and broke into a run, propelled by an adrenaline-fueled burst of speed. The mist seemed to withdraw, as if hesitant to follow, receding back towards the forest from which it had emerged. And so, he ran, leaving behind the mist, the field, and the all-encompassing dread that had clawed at his sanity. Every step took him closer to the outlines of civilization, to streets and structures that obeyed the laws of physics and reason, to a world where trees were just trees, and forests, however dense, had limits they could not transcend. As he crossed an invisible threshold, the atmosphere shifted again, snapping back with an almost audible clarity. He had made it. He was back in a world governed by the rules he understood, or so it seemed. But deep inside, he knew that another layer of reality had been unveiled, a darker, more complex stratum that would forever lurk in the peripheries of his mind. Finally crossing into the boundaries of civilization, the photographer felt the concrete sidewalk under his feet as if it were a foreign terrain. Buildings towered around him, 
made of brick and steel instead of twisted bark and shadow. People passed by, absorbed in their routines, blissfully unaware of the chasms that existed just beyond the edge of their understanding. He felt like an interloper, a trespasser in his own world, forever marked by the labyrinth he had escaped. His first instinct was to blend in, to mimic the behaviors and motions of those around him, to act as though nothing had happened. He walked down the bustling streets, skirting around clusters of people engaged in mundane conversations, their words a jumbled cacophony that he couldn't bring himself to join. Eventually, he arrived at his apartment. He fumbled with his keys, their metallic coldness foreign to his touch, before unlocking the door and stepping inside. The familiar sights and sounds that greeted him, the ticking of the wall clock, the soft glow of the floor lamp, seemed almost surreal in their ordinariness. His eyes fell upon his workstation, the computer, the collection of lenses, the framed photographs capturing serene landscapes and vivid wildlife. Each piece felt like a fragment from a past life, one he could remember but not entirely relate to. The camera he had carried through the forest lay on the table, its lens clouded with a fine layer of mist that refused to dissipate. Torn between an urge to review the images and a deeper, more primal fear of what they might reveal, he opted for the latter. He left the camera untouched, as if preserving it as a relic or a talisman, a physical proof of an ethereal experience. Yet, as he moved through his apartment, attempting to resume the semblance of a normal life, he felt a presence linger. It was as though the forest had imbued a part of itself within him, a spectral residue that clung to his being. The rooms felt smaller, the walls closer, and the air thickened with an unspoken tension. He stepped up to the window, gazing out at the expanse of the city that stretched beyond. Cars moved in orchestrated flows, people milled about in purposeful disarray, and skyscrapers pierced the skyline, a testament to human ingenuity. All seemed well, all seemed as it should be. But then, in that moment, his eyes caught a subtle movement in the distant horizon, a tremor, a ripple, a shift. He squinted, trying to make out the details, but whatever it was vanished as swiftly as it appeared. And yet, that fleeting glimpse left him unsettled, gnawing at the fringes of his relief. Freedom, he realized, was a relative term, malleable and transient. He might have left the forest of forgotten souls, but the question that remained was, had it left him? Days turned into weeks, and the photographer found himself engulfed in a routine that seemed almost alien in its mundanity. He took assignments, attended meetings, and captured images that earned him praise but left him feeling hollow. Yet, amidst the artificial smiles and professional handshakes, he remained vigilant, attuned to the world in a way he had never been before. In his free time, he found himself inexplicably drawn to libraries and archives, searching for any trace of information that might shed light on the forest he had so narrowly escaped. It was during one of these expeditions, buried deep within ancient manuscripts and maps corroded by time, that he discovered a pattern. The forest of forgotten souls had moved throughout history, appearing in different continents under various names. Each account bore striking similarities, a labyrinthine terrain, an aura of malevolence, and tales of people vanishing, only to reappear years later with no memory of the time lost. As the photographer delved deeper, 
he stumbled upon an even more unsettling revelation. Every few generations, the forest would seemingly claim an individual, the description etched in cryptic texts and spoken of in hushed folklore. These individuals would eventually return from the forest, physically unchanged but marked in ways that defied explanation. They became figures of renown or infamy, their actions influencing the course of history in ways subtle yet profound. The more he read, the more he understood that these were not isolated incidents but part of a grander, incomprehensible design. The forest was not just a geographical location but a sentient entity, an ancient consciousness that had intersected with human history, shaping and reshaping destinies in its inscrutable wake. It occurred to him then, with a chilling clarity, that his escape from the forest might not have been an act of defiance but a calculated release. What if he had been let go, returned to the world as an agent of some unfathomable cosmic plan? As the weight of this revelation settled in, he remembered the shrine in the open field, and the river stone he had placed as an offering. He had felt a subtle shift then, an alteration in the very fabric of his reality. What had been the purpose of that shrine? A test, a gateway, or perhaps a binding contract sealed in symbolism? Panic gripped him, tearing through the veneer of his meticulously crafted normality. The walls of his apartment seemed to close in, as if mocking his ignorance, his arrogance, and his false sense of freedom. He glanced at the camera he had carried through the forest, still lying untouched on his workstation. With a sense of dread and inevitability, he picked it up and began to scroll through the images captured on that fateful day. As he viewed each image, his eyes widened in disbelief. The photographs depicted landscapes he did not recognize, strange, ethereal terrains bathed in otherworldly light. They were hauntingly beautiful yet unsettling in their implications. And then he reached the final image, a picture he did not remember taking. It showed the shrine, but altered. The recess where he had placed the river stone now contained an object of indeterminate shape, glowing with an eerie luminescence. As he stared at the image, a shiver ran down his spine. He realized then, with a despair that sunk into the marrow of his bones, that he had never truly left the forest of forgotten souls. He had merely stepped into another layer, another loop in an endless, twisting labyrinth, forever bound to a reality that defied understanding. And in that moment, he knew that the forest had succeeded, it had claimed another soul, not by trapping him within its maze but by releasing him, forever vaulted, into a world that would never again be the same. In a final act of what he considered to be both courage and desperation, the photographer decided to exhibit the photographs he took in the forest of forgotten souls. He felt that sharing these images was a way to confront his experience, to objectify it and perhaps gain some mastery over the haunting memories that refused to fade. The exhibition drew a large crowd, attracting art enthusiasts, journalists, and the general public, all captivated by the ethereal and unsettling beauty of the pictures. The crowning piece was, of course, the photograph of the altered shrine, enclosed in a lavish frame and strategically placed at the far end of the gallery. As attendees marveled at the images, discussing theories and interpretations, the photographer stood at a distance, observing their reactions. He was startled to notice that people's expressions began to change subtly as they moved from one photograph to another. 
By the time they reach the final image of the shrine, their faces bore looks of awe and perplexity, as if touched by a mystery they could neither articulate nor fully comprehend. And then, something extraordinary happened. A guest, a woman draped in an elegant gown, paused longer than the rest in front of the image of the shrine. As she stared at the photograph, her eyes met those of the photographer. In that brief exchange, he saw a recognition, a shared understanding that transcended words. After a moment that seemed to stretch into an eternity, the woman turned away and left the gallery, disappearing into the crowd. The photographer felt an inexplicable urge to follow her, but hesitated, sensing that some boundaries were not meant to be crossed. Once the exhibition had ended and the last of the attendees had left, the photographer noticed something astonishing. The photograph of the shrine had changed. The indeterminate object that had glowed with an eerie luminescence was no longer there. Instead, the recess in the shrine appeared empty, as if awaiting another offering. Confused and shaken, he hurriedly returned to his apartment. The camera, which he had left untouched for so long, was now missing. A thorough search yielded no results. It had simply vanished, as if absorbed back into the world from which it had come. Weeks later, an envelope arrived at his doorstep with no return address. Inside was a photograph, a landscape he instantly recognized as belonging to the forest of forgotten souls. But this time, the scene was different. It was imbued with an even more ethereal beauty, as if captured through a lens not bound by the laws of this reality. On the back of the photograph was a handwritten note that read, Thank you for the gateway. In that moment, the photographer understood the horrifying twist of his journey. The forest hadn't merely released him as an agent of some cosmic plan. It had used him to extend its reach into this world, through the lens of his camera, through the eyes of the people who viewed his photographs, and most chillingly, through the woman who had stood in front of the shrine's image, now a vessel herself. The forest of forgotten souls had found a new way to claim souls, by bringing itself into the world, one captured image at a time. It didn't need to trap people within its labyrinthine expanse anymore. It could reach them anywhere, expanding its haunting grasp to touch those who dared to gaze upon its revealed truths, forever binding them to its unsolvable maze.